2: is up, Wizards fans. Welcome to another Believe in Wizards podcast. I'm Matt Madurno. He's Jihadi White. You know the drill at this point. We're going to get into everything here. Today, we're to into where the Wizards are. They didn't start off the new year particularly well. Uh, Jihadi last night, kind of a blowout. Wizards lost 101-140 to 140 to the Cavaliers. Uh, third quarter, fourth quarter, kind of rough. Um, any initial takeaways you had from that game?
1: I mean, it's the typical, the third and fourth. Yeah. But I do see the players being more, having more freedom to, they feel like they have more freedom to play. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's one thing that I've seen on one end, they're having more freedom to play more, a little bit more enjoying playing, but I don't think they're thinking about winning the game. Right. So now it's the point to like, well, it is what it is. So I'm going to enjoy myself playing. So mm-hmm. I see a lot of players enjoying themselves playing out there, like being able to be even more aggressive, being able to play ball. It's almost like they're they're playing on a blacktop I mean.
2: pickup game kind of thing. And yeah,
1: like I'm watching. I feel like I'm watching. Always the first two quarters, always feel like I'm watching a good pickup game. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, when the lack of defense is, is yeah, it sure. it's, it sticks out like a sore thumb. Um, I'm. It's they just open the lane wide up. It's like you know what? If I'm going to be out here and I'm gonna be in the pickup game, I'm, I'm I'm not trying to get any fouls.
2: <laughs> you don't want to get hurt, too.
1: Yeah, <laughs> hurt I want to get any fouls because I want to stay out here. And I'm really watching, starting to watching that. So, um, also just, I, I was disappointed with the way Gafford played the game the last game against the Hawks. I'm I'm starting to see little inklings of. The old gaffer, I don't like that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. As far as it's not rebounding, the fa- like falling over, like, you know, like you, you got rid of that. You got that out of your game. Like, don't go back
2: to that. It was interesting in this Cavs game specifically. He got credited with five rebounds. I specifically remember three offensive rebounds because I was really impressed that he attacked the offensive glass. So, I can't imagine he only had two defensive rebounds at the entire, I mean, he didn't play a ton, but I'm just like, uh, this is this is a particularly bad sign. And I'm, I'm glad you said that about getting into the lane kind of easily. I was listening to the Cavs broadcast last night and they talked about, I think it was Brad Dougherty, um calling the game for them. And uh, twice in the second quarter toward the tail end when they started to like inch away a little bit, he talked about how the Cavs players looked shocked at how uncontested their drives to the rim were and yeah. that uh, the Wizards don't defend anybody after two dribbles was the quote. And I was like, yeah, he's right. I mean, it's exactly what everybody else is seeing too, I think. great point.
1: I mean, listen, if you get one foot in the paint, mm-hmm. then you're there, yeah. with the, right? I mean, it's just the paint touches are, are blow my mind how many paint touches another, we allow other teams to get right Mm -hmm. and no i'm i'm serious when i said no one wants to commit fouls i mean i get it but it's a point to where you're gonna have to sometimes risk a foul to contest the shot i'm seeing the only gafford block guaranteed blocks like i need, Mm -hmm. i want to keep my block stats so let me get the points that's guaranteed that i can get without touching the guy Mm-hmm. Sometimes a guy may do another move. You gotta, you gotta adjust, and you may get a foul. You may get a block. It, but it depends on how much that moment means to you for the team, right? Like how much you want to win, right? They're not. He, there is no, there is no uh, emphasis on defense as far as winning. No urgency to win. That right. So we're like, ah, right, we playing. I see a lot of playing. I, I don't see. it. Anything based
2: upon winning. It's without purpose a lot of the time. Right. Uh, before we get too into it, uh, just knock our ad reads out here. Brought to you by Bet Online. It's your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, UFC, golf, tennis, NBA, more. You can bet on the Wizards if you want to do that or bet against the Wizards, maybe if you want to win some money right about now. Uh, bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to place all your wagers, including live betting options for your favorite casino and card games available right from your mobile device. Can head to the website and use our promo code Believe B L E A V for fifty percent off. Uh, welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Also brought to you by Stateside Vodka. We're needing more and more of that as this season goes on. Just circling back to the Gafford blocks thing here for a second. There were a couple times where he does block, and then his man will like dive to the rim if he's like uh, actually like helping out or contesting somebody else's man on the weak side and that guy scores, and then you see everybody kind of look at Gafford, like, why did your man get that put back? I'm, I'm wondering if he's just like, F it. Nobody's going to rotate and help me, so I'm not helping anybody else. Like, it, it just looks like the defense is getting kind of selfish to me, especially, again, to keep shitting on Poole, but when Poole is involved, every pick and roll that involves Poole, you know he's not going to help you. Like, If there's a scramble situation, he just stands in the paint and doesn't even pick anybody up.
1: No. Nah. Pool doesn't help. And Poole looks forward to the pick and roll. so he and can th- give up. <laughs> he looks forward to giving up.
2: Yeah.
1: And he sticks on the man and try to swing it around. It's, it's like, it's, it's super Hollywood what he mm-hmm. does, pick and rolls. And then he just stands there and does mm-hmm. like this with his hands.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. And then Forrest Gafford, he, he doesn't do the second thing, the second effort right now. Mm-hmm. He's definitely going for the block, but after the block, yeah. I got the block. I'm not now let you know, it's a block. And then you once you're you land, you land after the block to go into right into the second thing.
2: Yeah. Plays over for him.
1: Right. It's, play, it's over for him. I got that. Yeah. So right now it's just kind of a I feel like we just kind of filling the stat sheet
2: and playing and hooping. The transition defense seemed like it was especially a mess to me last night. I, I don't know what the numbers bear out, but the actual like the way it looked was bad. Uh, there were a couple times where guys were just scrambling to get back and multiple wizards picked up the same guy and then had to try to like get somebody else. I, I don't know if they were just filling a particular lane or they didn't know their assignment or I, I'm i not sure what was happening there. It, it looked like a bad rec league pickup game <laughs> like that's something I get on my teammates for. Is like no, no. no, it, You just pick up whoever's closest to the basket. Get somebody else. Like it. it was just. Uh, it
1: looked like the rec league pickup game after you played about ten games, and yeah, those,
2: everybody's too tired to get back.
1: Those last few games, just yeah, you know, just hey, whoever wins, you know, yeah. whatever, right? We gonna it's it's an all offense, but for a transition defense, it's times where I seen guys just standing there and then slowly jogging back, and only two guys sprinting back right mm-hmm. so right now there's no value in transition defense no one is valuing it does it there's no emphasis in it we're not we're not getting back on transition at all for real we don't we don't care to so right like, that's what i'm saying like it's the w w's are not important to us even though we got one the other day but it's that's not that's not what the players are are, are interested right now to me. It just looks like they're interested in getting their stats, having fun doing it.
2: If I'm playing in a pickup game and I'm the first guy back on a fast break uh, as a defender, I'm going to grab the guy under the basket or whoever's the most, you know, a biggest threat to score at that point. And then I'm going to hope somebody will pick up my primary matchup and, and cover for me. Help Is, help. D- does that work the same way in the NBA? Is that just general premise? Yeah. Like if I, if I'm picking up the first guy back that mm-hmm. first
1: guy could be anyone yeah right so usually the guy who picks up the first guy back is the is the point mm-hmm. because he's at the top of the key he's the right. last you know he's the one who doesn't have the furthest to run back mm-hmm. right so the point usually picks picks up the first guy back so it may be a four picking up a picking up a one yeah. right it may be a five picking up a two right then you just have to now, you just have to convert from there. The second guy back, you just got to pick up the guy who's the second guy in the run. You know, we got to figure it out. But now, yeah. let's now as everybody gets stopped, we can now get our guy back based on switches.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you you're, you find a way to end up on somebody who's a, a more right-sized matchup for you right. as the play goes on. Yeah. Okay, and that's that's really insightful. Uh, the other thing last night, they made Max Struess look like like Sonics version of Ray Allen. I mean, he was just running around screens, hitting threes like a lightly contested. Um, at some point like, just, can he just dump truck the guy into the third row or something? Like, I mean, we we can't get highlight reeled by Max Struess for 35 minutes. I think Max Strus Strus circled this game on his calendar. Yeah, he was ready to go. He's gonna make some money off this. The one right here yeah so preparing for this one. so yeah, that, that was tough. yeah uh, all right, so first quarter pretty solid. It, it just seemed to like be one of those games where it slowly unraveled and I thought defensive communication was another big thing. Like obviously you can't hear everything on the court from TV, but you can usually tell if people are are communicating with their teammates. I don't see, even when I go to games, I don't hear anything from this particular group anymore. Like Gafford, maybe this is just oversimplification, but I always think the center is kind of the guy calling stuff out for people. He doesn't say shit anymore. And I don't know if, like he used to. So I, I don't know what changed there. Is that, is that an effort thing also?
1: Mm, yes, but no. Yes, okay. definitely effort thing. But it's, it's, it's when the team is in sync. Mm-hmm. Defensive wise, right? There's not, there's no importance on defense mm-hmm. from one through five. There's no importance on defense. Yeah. So it's now, now it's just understood that there's on the defensive end is not that important. Right. So once that, once that settles in and sets in on a team, it, What's the purpose? Right. What's the it's purpose of kinda... calling out the screen? Get a screen. What's the purpose of being Gafferett being now the defensive quarterback because he's under the bat and you see everything? Mm-hmm. Right. So it, it's then what? what's the purpose of Jordan Poole going around the screen even though he, he hasn't been able to do it all season? Yeah. Right. So when all of those small things break down piece by piece, why am I the one yelling? What purpose would it serve?
2: No one's yelling for me, so why am I yelling? Yeah. But
1: it wouldn't serve a purpose if no someone was. Right. Because mm-hmm. I know this guy is not getting ready to, you know, really try to, you know, put everything, you know, use his will to make sure he get this stop. I know this guy's not going to yell left and switch real hard. Mm-hmm. I know he's not going to show on the screen, sprint back to his man. I know none of those things aren't about to happen today. Yeah.
2: How do you reset that? Is that the players like is this a commitment to like, all right, we're starting fresh here from now on, we have to do those things? Or are you just saying, like, hey, we're not winning shit this year anyway? This is gonna be 50 more games of cardio, and then we'll see where we all end up next season.
1: It seems like that's what that's the per, that's the the personality and the, the attitude they've taken on by now. Mm-hmm. You know, I still I still feel like there's a lot of season left.
2: Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, it's gonna be hard to watch fifty more games than that shit.
1: Yeah, for me, you for you to already take on on this, like we're done, like you know how long you're gonna make this season?
2: Yeah. At the sixty five game mark, if you're eliminated from the playoffs and guys are starting to phone it in a little bit, like, okay, like I can kind of see that. I mean, that's that's human nature, I would think, but <laughs> I mean, we've seen bad teams before that don't give a shit the whole year. Like, so I, it just it shouldn't be an excuse. And, and if you're a coaching staff, is there anything you can do about that? If the players are kind of quiet, quitting on you, or is it just over?
1: Once, the once they quit on you, you can't get them back. Mm-hmm. I mean, once they quit on you, you could you can yell in the, in the locker room all day. You can throw a chair. You, I mean, these grown men. Yeah. Now, show me when a grown man has quit on something.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: You know what I'm saying? Like, no, I'm right like kids, you can you can wheel them back in sometimes. Mm-hmm. Young, young young men, yeah. Grown men, they made grown men that's that's 70% of the team probably dialed it in. What you gonna do? Right. And it's gonna become infectious. I'm off even seen,
2: I'm
1: even Yeah, I see me seeing uh Bali. He's not as aggressive as he used to be defensively, right? Mm-hmm. I'm like, dude, don't let that sink in to you. Get a, yeah. You know, it's it's a it can be your poison.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's the bad habits thing. You don't want these guys picking a bad habit. So, is it you take the guys who are the biggest offenders, and those are the people you are prioritizing moving at the deadline, or is it just it's so pervasive and so widespread at this point you just can't worry about it?
1: It wouldn't help. I mean, it, it would, but. First of all, you're not able
0: to do it, mm. right? Because, I mean. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Just too too many, many guys. Too many guys
1: getting paid, right?
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, you're gonna have to go. You're gonna have to go through the, the head honcho to get that that order, right? Right. You just not get. That's not something you can snap your fingers and make happen. Yeah. It, you may think it is, but it's because when you go get that call down, hey, hey man, I'm paying this guy this much. He, I want to see my money's worth, even though I'm not getting anything at all. Right. He better get. I want to see some blood and sweat
2: yeah, so they sell some tickets at least for you know
1: yeah. right? So it's it's a good idea and it should happen. Hey, look, if I'm not getting anything anyway, mm-hmm. let me go ahead and, and play the guys who are gonna put their heart on the floor yeah.
2: or or at least just not the guys that are the worst offenders. You know, maybe you can make an example of one or two guys, and I don't know, maybe that reality checks the let like the middle tier guys that are that do need a contract or or do want to stick around or any of that kind of stuff.
1: Well, you can have a one guy, one guy on the team that can be a bad defender and start lineup. He's if this contrast with twice as much scoring. So he got to be able to, whatever he's giving up on the defensive end, he got to be adding twice as much on the offensive end. Right. Right. It's always
2: a guy like that. Sure. But it can't be two or three or or five. Yeah. It never makes no sense. In the chat, said fun fact: two years ago, the Thunder lost a game by seventy-three. True, uh, they've had some decent turnover. They were super young, also. I mean, I think we're probably more veteran-oriented than that Thunder team, and and they were kind of growing organically. We're we're not loaded down with like super talented youngsters at this point, which is which is kind of part of the problem here. Uh, Sam Hershey asks, can you explain the pick and roll defense? the big seem to drop so far back that it's either an open three or an easy drive into the paint. I think that's part of the problem, Sam is that uh, if you're going to have a drop coverage big, and that's how they're using Gafford most of the time, uh, you know, guys are point switching and all this kind of stuff and rolling over immediately. So like it's like pool last night, there were a couple examples where like Jahari said, he got hung up on the screen and made this big production out of it and then just stopped. And now you've got Gafford with two guys he either gives up something at the rim or chases that perimeter guy back out to the paint and either way you're screwed. That's that's why I don't like switching everything right away. So they're doing this drop coverage thing. I'd let him hedge a little bit or late switch or, or something. Just give them different looks, I, play more zone. I, like the good teams throw the kitchen sink at you over the course of a game. I don't ever see the Wizards do anything particularly different
1: usually drop coverage is because the big can't
2: he can't he is too slow gafford i think is quick enough yeah. to do it
1: but also usually you use drop coverage also when you have a a point that can close that gap up and ride that man through that through that screen mm. right so to where he's closing it up so much as becomes one person so now you can you you can't screen me without screening your man yeah right so a, a lot of times it's not the big fault. It's the points fault, which is usually they know how they, they're the ones who usually the ones you don't have to worry about. Hmm. Right. So, but I never seen someone that gets screened and looks forward to the screen. Yeah. So they can always use the excuse. Well, I don't have to play, play hmm. defense. So now if I'm a guy, I'm if I'm if I'm, If I'm, uh, um, uh, uh, what's his name? Big, I big. Gafford. My bad. Yeah. If I'm Gafford, I want to do, I want to do drop coverage too. Is it easier? Because the job is all on me now. Uh, Yeah. I'm going to have two every time. Right. If I got two every time, I'm at least, I'm, I'm, I'm at least protecting anything that's going down here. Right, mm-hmm. you're gonna have to re- you're gonna have to recover back to your man who's a three point shooter. It's up to you now.
2: Yeah, especially in that Hawks game though, I I feel like you you have to be able to do something different than your primary defense. Like you can't play a drop coverage big against Trey Young. He will literally eat oh. you alive on that. Like, and he's gonna throw that lob. It looks like a floater, but sometimes it's a lob. You don't know which it is. If you're backpedaling against him, he's going to score every single time. And and you saw DeJounte Murray do the same thing. Like he's great in the pick and roll. And then they ate them alive doing that shit. Yeah. Yeah. You can't you you,
1: you can't use the same defensive scheme against every team.
2: Right. It does right. it's crazy. We it's, play the same way every time. You really can't use drop coverage. There's too many three point shooters. Yeah. It, it's hard to do and, and but that was the thing even with porzingis and gafford two probably better off drop coverage bigs last year they still did different things like they would late switch with porzingis a lot or uh yeah i mean i i don't know they played more zone last year i feel like too i would have to check percentages this year but it just it just doesn't seem like we're doing anything to adjust to what the other team is doing to us at all the season
1: and, and, Make that decision on a pick and roll, what defense you're going to use on the pick and roll usually, yeah. based on what your point guard wants to do. What do you want to do on this? Mm-hmm. Oh, I can get through. Okay, then we'll do that. Right? That's usually how it goes. Right? No, no. We don't have to do that.
2: I'll get through. Yeah, and, and Tyus has been really good offensively most of the time, but that that's going to be the trouble with him defensively. He's not – I mean, he's reasonably quick, but he's not – Super dynamic. He's not long. He's not crazy athletic. And if the effort's not at 100% for someone like him, like he couldn't get away with not putting in 100% effort coming off the bench on a Memphis team that was trying to make the second round of the playoffs. Like this year, you don't have to be as invested in that shows. Well, what's crazy is
1: when I'm watching the NBA just throughout the NBA, you can't touch anybody. So the lanes are wide open right now, right? Just be real. But if that's the case, your defensive effort has to be 10 times as better now as a mm-hmm. team because, hey, the lanes go be, we, we pretty much can't touch. So the lanes pretty much are wide open anyway. So we have to be able to be even twice as good because the percentage of, you know, it should be like 50 50, mm-hmm. you know, like 50%. You know the defender has an advantage, just as much as the the offense has an advantage. Sure. Now the defensive advantage is outweighs the offensive advantage by crazy. I mean, the offense advantage outweighs the defense advantage by crazy. So how do we make up that? T- how do we make up that percentage?
2: I've heard teams getting as like detailed as if this particular player has the ball on the left side of the court, we're gonna play it this way. Okay, we're icing everything. But if he's got it this way, on the right side of the court, we're going to play it this way. Mm-hmm. I I I just refuse to believe that level of detail or preparation is happening with this Wizards team. Yeah. Uh, this, it, it, there's no way. Like you, I mean, either they're just totally ignoring everything the coaching staff is telling them to do, which could maybe happen to some I, I, extent. but
1: I don't see the coaching staff and you know what, we just got to do this and this, this is whatever. We're going to throw our hands up with
2: this. Yeah. right?
1: But... As a coach, it has to be a point you like, how much is this stuff really registering? How much?
2: Yeah, they're just going to ignore it anyway. But yeah. right? they're going to ignore it, yeah. Uh, well, I'm kind of glad they got blown out at a certain point last night because it forced them to just give an extra 10 minutes to Bali that he wouldn't have gotten otherwise. And he didn't shoot particularly well. He went 2 of 12 last night. But he was like trying to do some stuff and being more aggressive and a couple of like ISO moves. I, I wanted to see him put the ball on the floor and attack a little bit more, which he did. And that's valuable. I think for him is actually taking the ball to the rim and trying to finish over opposing length. And uh, he still did all their stuff, which was nice. He had five rebounds, only one assist, but that's okay. Still made a couple good passes, uh, three steals, two blocks. Uh, you know, I'll take that. Like I, if we're going to lose, I mean, at least lose enough that you're forcing the young guys out there.
1: Yeah, true. Um Koulibaly, I think when he first got out there, he was thinking of more of an aggressive player, even though he was a role player. Mm-hmm. And more of aggressive um fine let me find let me prove. He has something to prove. Yeah. I feel like as as things go on, he's starting to sink into a role too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the three and D guy. We're gonna yeah. have to stand in the corner. Mm-hmm. Instead of really trying to prove, st- still, you got he has to keep that that level of proving something up.
2: Yeah,
1: right. And that's now he's not getting he's not getting as many shots as he would. You know, um, he's not looking for many opportunities as he would. Mm-hmm. So, and, and to me, that's all just because okay, he's starting. To, he's getting too comfortable in a in a position as a role player. Yeah. Instead of saying, hey, look, I got to play. I got to force myself in certain situations out of this role.
2: Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, Something we talked about last week and didn't get around to just timeline wise, the notion of the Wizards moving to Virginia. And one of the things, the claims that they made was how having this brand new state of the art facility will be an attraction for free agents and it will help them build the team for the future. I can't speak firsthand of if an NBA player, if I'd give a shit what arena I played in, but I think Capital One from the arenas I've been is at least middle of the road. It's not like a total dump. Uh, I'm sure it could use some freshening up as a lot of them could, but I don't know for you, Jody, when you were looking at, well, do I want to take a contract somewhere else? Did uh, newness or state of the artness of the arena you were going to play in factor into your decision-making at all?
1: It does, reason being, it lets you know, of organization you're going to
2: okay that's fair.
1: right um if the arena if the arena is new that means the organization is more up to par not not you know behind on the times mm-hmm. some organizations could be True. right and and like, like when i left the wizards and i went to phoenix i realized it was i thought it was a step up but it was actually a step down interesting arena was very small it was really old uh-huh. you no know, it didn't um and that really did play a factor the 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 practice court
2: was really small right um i would think the practice court matters more than the actual arena you yeah, play in and things practice, like the, the other facilities
1: mm-hmm. and and what it does is show how much money they're willing to put in the organization mm-hmm. right yeah so when when you, when when you do have a, a new arena, as a player, you're like, okay, we love playing in the new arenas, even on the road. Yeah, right. The the biggest, the best, the you know, the, just like football, you want to play, you want to go to Dallas.
2: Right, so cool, you, cool place to play. Yeah.
1: Play in L.A. Right, and it shows. Okay, that's a top-notch organization that they're mm-hmm. willing to put all this
2: into. So yeah, it does matter okay as a player like for years i don't know people got excited about playing against boston in the garden because it was an iconic venue and it meant you were playing them and they're a top-notch organization and they had a shithole arena like i I just i I don't know to me like Garden is is iconic sure i I know capital one arena isn't but it's it's not the bottom either
1: where you know you know, Boston, those things, you don't even want to touch those,
0: mm-hmm.
2: right? Yeah.
1: And, and when you're playing in it, it doesn't feel as iconic as you, you know, when, when the first time I went to Madison Square, I'm like, this is it. <laughs> this is what our type is about. Yeah. But it's just the, you know, the history, the history of it. Yeah. So those you don't want to touch, but I don't know if it's a big recruiting tool.
2: Yeah.
1: As much as it is like uh, just – understanding like oh it's a top-notch organization
2: so that's the piece and and when i've had the opportunity to speak to former players guys playing in the league things like that now one of the questions i always like to ask is why don't the wizards attract more free agents or honestly better free agents and the answer is never meh the arena's meh it's always well they haven't been good it's been a disorganized organization for 20 plus years, I don't trust that they're going to do the right things. And I don't want to be stuck there. Like that's basically how I would summarize the consensus answer from people.
1: It's never the arena, not Washington. Right.
2: Just Washington, Washington
1: compare, in comparison still has a good arena. It's, it's fine. Yeah.
2: Right.
1: And then it's right. And it's right in the heart of that. Like it's in the perfect place. It's not, yeah. it's, de- it's even if the arena is not bad at all, Mm. But location makes it even better. Yeah, I agree. Right, even for a player, right? Because most players want your first two years. You want to live near the arena, Mm. especially if you're a rookie. That's a great area to be in. Sure. Right, so it's not that. Um, So yeah, as as you get older, yeah, the arena is shows. It's just a reflection, like I said, on the organization. But it's not a recruiting tool.
2: Yeah, I just think they were grasping at straws trying to get people to get on board with that one. And I'm I'm sure the new one will be nice. I actually trust Ted to put in state-of-the-art stuff and build it up and I'm sure that'll all be be good. I just I just don't think we're going to get that from them. Uh the other thing I want to do today like
1: is change the fan base.
2: Yeah. And
1: that's what I'm more concerned about. The fan base was more just you know, diehard fan base, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's gonna get more corporate now. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's just it's DC.
0: Yeah,
1: now the fan base is gonna be more expats. You know, yep. and and that's what you can risk: people not really being fans. You know, mm-hmm. we you don't
2: want it to be just a, a event, right? And the counter to that, though, is that the Wizards for years, especially under. A Poland and Susan O'Malley marketed to opposing team stars, so half the building is sold out with the other team's people anyway. Right. But at least those are other basketball fans. If you're selling, you know, luxury boxes to Amazon or something, to to the I don't know, do those people give a shit about basketball? Period, or is it just something to do after happy hour?
1: See, what happens is, is I'm worried it'd be hot for a little bit. Yeah you know it's almost like a in and out burger getting put there you know what I'm
2: <laughs> yeah, the and, line will be wrapped around the block for a couple of weeks
1: yeah, i will be wrapped around the block for a while and they'll be like all right well you know this is something to do if we you know it's going out to the movies but right. when it was in downtown you know it 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 was what it was it's mm-hmm. what it was right now it's, this is what the city does yep. this is what we're interested in mm-hmm. you know this is
2: part of the heartbeat of the city. Right. Yeah, I I worry about that a little bit too. And I don't know. We'll we'll keep an eye on it. We'll see how it plays out. Uh it'll it'll definitely be interesting and a topic I think that's gonna keep coming up over the next uh couple of years here. Uh I read a poll yesterday on Twitter or X or whatever we're calling it these days on just all right, it's the end of 2023. Check in with people, their thoughts on the fan base. So I'll I'll run through, I'll get your answer to each of these, I'll give mine, and then we'll see where, where fans were on it. So First question I asked is, who's been the Wizards' best player through 33 games? And the options I gave them were Kyle Kuzma, Denny Avdia, Jordan Poole, and Tyus Jones. I went with Kuzma. I think, don't think that'll shock anybody who listens to this podcast. But, Johnny, who would be your answer uh, and, or, or someone that isn't on the ballot that I gave out there?
1: You know, the, you, those those names you pick would be the ones I, I would consider in the running. It would have to be Kuzma surprisingly— Tyus is right there in the running too, offensively-wise. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like, he's the most consistent. Yep, I agree. Tyus is actually more consistent than Kuzma. Could have been,
2: been more consistent than Kuzn. The highs aren't as high, but the lows aren't as low either. I yeah. Think. yeah. He doesn't shoot you out of a game too often. But uh, I would have said Denny for the first 20 games was the second guy on my ballot. The offense oh. has tapered off here a bit. Uh, I think that think that hurts because the defense I don't think has been as good, honestly, this year, as it's been the last couple of years. So it's got to strike that balance. And I actually like the shots he's taking and getting to the rim and things like that too. I do buy the shooting improvement overall. So just need that confidence to come back. Uh, and I think fans mostly agree.
0: Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.
2: Here We got 541 votes on that one. 77% said Kyle Kuzma. 14% said Denny. 3% said Jordan Poole. Maybe that's Jordan Poole's friends and family. And 7% said Tyus Jones. <laughs> Cutthroat. I mean, I, I just I don't know how you watch this team and say he's been the best guy on it personally, but everybody's got their own opinion.
1: Jordan Poole got a PR team.
2: Yeah, there. exactly. Uh Thanks. clutch or whoever is is uh, working work the, working the Twitter polls. <laughs> uh all right, next one. I think this one's a more interesting one overall. Um, best defender. I gave them Denny Avdia, Daniel Gafford, Bilal Kulabali, or Landry Shamit. Who would you go with, Johnny?
1: It to me it would be a, a tough race and, uh between Shamit and Koulibaly.
2: I really have liked Shamit's defense a lot too. And uh you know, he, he just doesn't get as much love for whatever reason. I guess maybe because the minutes are kind of inconsistent, but uh yeah, it's interesting. So um well choose one, it'd be it'd be Bilal. I think so too. I think he's just the most dynamic and he's kind of the most exciting and uh, you know, I, I like a guy that can impact what everyone else does on the court. So you have to, you know, prepare for his length and athleticism and things like that. Um, Denny got twenty four percent uh, of the votes. Gafford got nineteen percent of the votes. Uh, most fans agreed with us. Goball got fifty six percent of the votes. Shamit only one percent. So, uh, damn it, people are sleeping on a guy here. Um, I think he's been the best two way shooting guard on the Wizards this year for sure. Yeah, I agree. Uh best newcomer here. I should have probably put Shaman on this one. I just ran out of options, but I had uh Koulibaly, Tyus Jones, Jordan Poole or Danilo Gallinari. Uh I would go best newcomers Bilal on that one with Tyus being a close second. Yeah, I'm doing same. think. Yeah.
1: Because he has the most most growth in a lot of different sectors. Yeah. Tyus I don't see how much more he can grow. Yeah. I just like his consistency, and it's good to see something consistent
2: this yeah. year. Yeah, I mean, he's been as good as I would have expected offensively, I think. So, um give I it
1: be better than I expected offensively. Yeah,
2: I, I'm with you. Actually, I think that's fair. Uh, most improved. I gave them Denny Avdia, Daniel Gafford, Corey Kispert, or Eugene Amarui. So... People okay. going to expect me to go with um,
1: Gafford. No, Denny. Oh, Denny, okay. But I'm going with Gafford.
2: Okay, like that.
1: The reason being because Denny's improvement – Denny, Denny was on the list, right?
2: Yeah, Denny, uh, Gafford, Denny. Corey, and Amarui. Denny's asshole. improvement
1: is more – it's definitely improvement. But it's more of things he already could do and finding better ways to do what he can do.
2: I, I think with the driving and the facilitating, yeah. for sure. I, I do driving. think the three-point shot is better. But
1: nothing that, that he didn't do before.
2: Yeah, I agree. He just found more efficient ways and more solid ways to get it done. I think being able to shoot threes unlocks that other stuff for him a little bit more easily. Yeah, too.
1: exactly, right? So so he figured he's just figuring figuring that out. Yeah. How can I make all the things I can do and expand, make them a little bit better. Let me make, I'm fast. Let me be faster. Mm-hmm. I can jump. Let me jump quicker. Right. That's what Dennis, I feel like he's doing sure. with Gafford. His, I didn't expect the scoring that he was bringing this year. Yeah.
2: Right?
1: I didn't even know he could score. And then I didn't know he could score like he could, where he, he reads and his touch has a great touch. Yeah, I think so, right? Um, blocking, uh, being able to really start playing a little bit further from the basket, being a part of the offense, not turning over, making sure he can dribble and hands off. He, what what am I more impressed by, Gafford? Is I didn't see the IQ that I see now. That I yeah, I'm not not saying he didn't have it. He just yeah, didn't show it, sure. Right, and the touch around the rim. Mm-hmm. right his his what is his field he, does he is he the highest field goal percentage
2: oh yeah for sure oh uh, in the wizards for sure in the league i think he's top four or five
1: yeah i mean so to me that improvement is uh, is is more leaps and bounds
2: better than any other players improvement on the team to me those are like Clear in a way, the two guys though, uh, and I, I think fans definitely. Uh, well, actually, it was a little closer than I thought. Uh, Denny got fifty-eight percent of the votes. Uh, Gafford got twenty-one percent, and Kispert got eighteen percent. I, I to be honest with that, I don't really think Corey's particularly better this year. I don't think the defense is any better. Uh, he's attacking the rim a little bit better on on you know attacking closeouts, but I, I don't really I see much changed his overall game. Maybe just think mindset. Well. The improvement is more vast. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, let's see. Next one I had was best veteran. I don't even know what that means. I just thought it was interesting to throw that out there. Uh, I had Gallinari, Mike Muscala, Anthony Gill, or Delon Wright. I would have to be on a bench to know. Yeah. Right. That's what I meant. How do you judge that? It from
1: this perspective, and it, I don't see it. Yeah. It doesn't so, seem like
2: any of it's taken hold. Yeah.
1: So all I can go off of is. You know what I hear, mm-hmm. and I hear Gil is a really good veteran. Yeah. So I'm going off of what
2: I hear, and it's, so I'm going with Gil. That's the one I picked also. Just yeah. if everybody keeps saying it, there must be something to it at a certain point. Right. Uh, Delon Wright won this one with 60% of the votes. Gallinari had 18, Gil had 15, and Muscala had seven. So sleeping on Mike Muscala a little bit. Uh, last one, just to close this out, I had best fringe guy. I didn't want to say just two-way player, because some of these guys actually are contracted players, but uh, you know, just guys that really aren't playing a ton some of the young guys. So it was Jared Butler, Ryan Rollins, Patrick Baldwin, uh, Patrick Baldwin Jr., and Jules Bernard. I voted Ryan Rollins for this one. I've really enjoyed Rollins' minutes. I wish he would play more, and I hope he does after the trade deadline. Yeah,
1: I would go with Rollins too on this one. I mean, just because I I know more of his game than anyone and, you know, not saying I didn't see the other ones,
2: but I really know his game. Yeah. You're not locking in when Jared Butler gets his final two minutes of the game. And and it's not a guy I'm taking notes on at the end. Although I've been watching a little bit more of the go-go recently and Jared Butler has just been killing it in the G league. Uh, He was announced uh, that he was G league player of the week this year. He averaged 28 points, 12 and a half assists, four rebounds, uh, in games from December 27th to January 1st. He shot 55% from the field and uh, 69% from three over that week. So good for him. Shout out Jared Butler. I'd like to see him get more minutes as we get closer to the deadline as well. Yeah, I would too. Uh, Johnny, last one I got for you here, uh, a different perspective uh, on Twitter asked about uh, a tweet that was going around. It was about uh, 22 years ago. Um, 38-year-old Michael Jordan bounced back from a career-low six points and came back and scored 51 points. 24 of those were in the first quarter. And following that, he also had two 40-point games uh, and just kind of went on a little bit of a tear after that. And in the video, like front and center, are as you staying in there with MJ, um, as he's uh, going off and, and getting some boards and things like that, I guess, do you remember that little stretch where he had like a a really low game and people were shitting on him being cooked. And then he came back and showed everybody. Yeah, I do remember that.
1: I think, uh, you know, it's all about fuel with MJ, even all at right. that. Age. So I, I think it was something I can't remember exactly what it was, but something Kobe said. Okay. It, it, that tear started off with something that Kobe said. And I think it also started off. If I'm not mistaken, the first game start with the tear started off in Charlotte. When he went back to North Carolina.
2: Okay. That sounds right.
1: Yep, and so something Kobe said aligned with something that him going back to North Carolina mm. and, and uh, you know, being home, and he just went on the crazy stretch during that time, and I was like, you know what? Let me pick and rebound.
0: <laughs> Get
2: out of the way here, yep. The
1: board. Yeah. Uh, I'm not touching the ball. Sometimes, I, I'll be honest with you, he would do a cross-court pass, and I know where the cross-court pass is going, uh-huh. and i jump up and grab it. Yeah. <laughs> And I like it was passed for me, and I dunk it. So I, but I, I would literally have to do that just to get <laughs> in, involved. in that era. Now,
2: not to question your professionalism at all here, but did you ever get just like when MJ was going on a heater like that? Just ever kind of like do like the fan moment out there on the court of just like holy shit, I can't believe I'm playing with MJ as <laughs> he's going for fifty.
1: The one time he went for fifty, I did. I'm like, man, you know. Yeah, he can still do but, this. Yeah, he can still do it, and you know, the end when him and Rich Rip both had the heads like this. Yeah, that moment I was like, wow, right? That's pretty cool. um, that that that's, that was a surreal MJ moment. But people watch the last dance and all this, and like see this one side of MJ, right? And I'm like, you know what? MJ wanted only wants you to see that side. Mm-hmm. What happens is MJ is the most human. No, norm- he could. When he's in the locker room, when he's on the court, yeah, he's at his piece. He, he, really Michael. He's not MJ. Either. He's right. really Michael, yeah. Right. And so once you learn and get to see Michael and spend time with Michael on the bus and right, and then he has to snap back into MJ, right. Once you get get around Michael, all of that that kind of stardom that you,
2: you see in your eyes, he's one of right, the guys oh, at that point, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, was that like a switch that flipped for him? Like, I have now stepped onto the court and I'm in MJ mode, or did you see like a ramp up over the course of pregame and stuff like that?
1: I saw with him, and now in that time, fun. Okay, cool. he was more having fun. Yeah. He'll get on, he would get on the players and be on them, but to me, that was a I, I feel like he's still very much a competitor. Mm but he knew that he wanted to have fun. Yeah. And so I think that was the more fun years than anything.
2: Uh, yeah. I just, I still kind of can't believe he played for the wizards to be honest with you. Like I, I see highlights sometimes that I'm like, I know I, I lived through watching those years, but it's like, Oh yeah, that happened. It's yeah. kind of a nice reminder. <laughs> Uh, all right, partner. I think that's really all I got for you here today. Kind of quiet one to start the year off here. Uh, anything you want to throw out there, leave folks with before we uh, we get going? Maybe an update on the uh, on the kids. How's the team going so far this year?
1: Uh, Age one. We had a back to back. Just played a team from Chicago yesterday okay. called uh, Whitney something. Whitney. Really okay. uh, beat them. So we're doing good. We're doing a good job. That's playing right. some big teams, man. We this year. We loaded up the schedule really tough. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, a lot of like, travel. Yeah, traveling a lot. we loaded up the schedule really tough. Most of our guys are young. Uh, mm-hmm. we starting four sophomores. Wow. Okay. So um just the process of experience would be really good for them this year. And that's what and, and we're still lucky to still have a great record right now.
2: Yeah. Hey, can't can't do much better than eight and one to start a year with a young team. You know, the guys are really getting the sink by now. That's cool. Anything uh, you specialize with 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 the coaching stuff? Like, are are you the defensive strategy guy, the rebounding guy? Like, what's what's your? More of a mentality.
1: I like to okay. pass on the mentality to the kids a lot. I got you. Uh, more of a, I'm I'm a proactive guy. We got to be proactive. We don't want to be prevent you know preventative. We got to be proactive. Like we got to stop these things before they happen. So I like blowing
2: stuff up. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I love that. That's cool. Just being physical. Hit them first. I, I like it. We're gonna have to get you on the Wizards coaching staff here. Uh, this is this is what we need. We need some proactiveness. Yeah, yeah, oh ex- uh, yeah, no doubt. Uh, all right, everybody. Uh, this is uh, bit another believe in Wizards. Thanks for joining us here in 2024. Now I gotta get used to saying that. I've been writing it wrong on documents all week, so uh, that'll take some getting used to. you got questions for us hit us up it's kind of honestly slow part of the season here so we're happy to make this as interactive as possible so just let us know and uh what you want to talk about and we'll uh we'll hit that for y'all next time uh for Jihadi, this has been believing wizards i'm matt we'll check y'all next time please rate review subscribe and we're brought to you by betonline.ag peace